Okay, good to go. Welcome to the So What You Think podcast. This is episode one of the COVID series. <laughs> Let's get it. Okay, so brother, we're back. Indeed, somehow, some way. This is this is your host Tom Heil, as usual. My co-host Legend. Here, what's good with y'all? Uh, uh, we we are we we gonna try something different. We're not not only are we gonna do the uh, the the audio message through the uh, through Zoom, but we're also gonna try to do a visual little visual experience for y'all for the the first episode of the COVID series. The COVID series. Uh, we had to get start back recording, and um, you know, this is how we had to do it. Right. I mean, uh, got to put the, the hustle to the muscle. You know what I mean? mean? Make it happen. So, bro, how you doing in quarantine, man? Uh, I'm, yo, in, in all honesty, yeah. I'm I'm good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, taking this time to relax, taking this time to be creative, taking this, taking this time to, you know, grow and, uh, and, and, and read scripture, you know, spending time mm-hmm. with your wife and, you know, just like really taking advantage of this time, you know what I mean, the right way in the beneficial time. And, you know, not only because, you know, basically with, with this, like after work, I'm doing work, other work anyway. So now it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, just get you can focus and, on your other work. Yeah, man, and, and you know, use that time to relax. So, I'm 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 actually good, man. I'm taking this time, using this time wisely, and I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I, I definitely want outside to open up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but at the legit. Same time, I'm I'm enjoying this time. I can't complain. I, I can't like honestly. That's How you though. Uh, I'm good. I'm good, man. Honestly, today was the first. I mean, we've been inside since what, like March, something like that. Yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> and I'm losing track. Uh, and today was the first day I really needed to get out, so I took a walk. Um, today was the first day I felt like, man, I need to get outside, you know. So I took a nice little walk. Um, I had my protective gear with me just in case I decided to go in anywhere, but I just took a walk around the block a couple times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, I'm good. You know, uh, just using this time for for school. Um, just also to spend time with God, uh, to be a creator. Which um, maybe that's what we'll talk out talk about for culture. Yeah. I actually thought, but yeah. So you know, just using the time to be a creator, man. Um, you know, one of the things I felt like God gave me in the beginning of this is like when I give you a download, you got to upload. So every I've been like I I I do it at fast, and so every day I'm trying to go live on Instagram and just kind of show something God threw me showed me through scripture, mm. and it's like a little 15, 20 minute thing unless me and you are both on there and it's like an hour, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just just try to share uh, share what God gives me, you know, um, and it's been cool, man. It's been yeah. really cool, honestly. Um, I feel like I've done more. <laughs> I've gotten so much more time for like side work. Like I've been doing a lot more reading, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Like stuff I've been wanting to do more of because, you know, my part-time job is, is not, not on right now. So right. it's yeah. been cool, man. It's been cool. God's been providing, you know, he gave me a job where they pay me for this time off. Um, so yeah, man, it's been good, bro. 
Um, I'm excited, excited to be back, man. Excited to be back. So what you think, podcast? Yeah, some, somehow, some way. Yeah, you know I mean, gotta make it happen. And so, you know, after this, we're done here, y'all. And if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, we're sorry if it's not as clear as usual. We're not in our usual studio mode right now, but we will give you this content. So mm-hmm. we'll get this we work. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about faith, my brother. What's good? Let's talk a little bit about faith. Um, so to me, when I when I was thinking about this, I had a couple ideas, and so let me see if I can prop this so y'all can still see me. We'll read the scripture real quick. So uh, this is out of uh, Romans eight three, and okay. it's uh, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Mm-hmm. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So I, I'll be using these hard, hard translations, uh, you know, me, but basically what I'm seeing. And if you want to turn to a bro, again, it's, it's Romans eight, three, but I, you know, for what, I, so I think what we really need to focus on is like in this, it's talking about the law at first, right? Which we know to be the law, the law, the, God gave Moses. Right. And it says that it was weak through flesh. What I'm hearing through that is like, yo, like the law make it makes anybody weak, right? Because we we are not perfect. Right. And it and especially if you go into like the nitty-gritty of the law, it's it's almost it's impossible to hold up, right? Yeah. You know, you had people that would have to like that's why they said they said at the time the river that whatever river was closest to the place that they were sacrificing, you know, doing this, the priests were doing sacrifices, it would run red. Yeah. The, the, the woods would run red because all day they'd just be slaughtering animals. Um, because everybody sins, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, and I think it's a need for Christ. And I for think sure. in this time of COVID-19, this time of, you know, pandemic quarantine, um, there's a there's even more of a reason to acknowledge who Christ is. Right. Um and, and it's just reminded me of it because like it talks about through Christ they it condemned sin. Right. And I love the way that's 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 like that's illustrated, right? Like we're condemned by sin, but then because of Christ, sin is condemned. Mm-hmm. Um but that comes through a willingness of, of, of giving into Christ. You know, yeah. um, one of the things me and you got a chance to talk about in one of our lives that I want to kind of cover with this is there's a difference between belief and faith. You know, um, I think sometimes we, we settle for surface level belief. Mm. Well, I would say surface level faith, which is belief. Right. You know, belief is great. Belief turns start, like it might open the door but then you have to walk in it and continue to walk in it. Right. Yeah. Once you get in that door, it is. And, and it's 
like us, the only way we can like quote unquote lose salvation is by turning away ourselves. Yeah, right. You no. Know? Yeah, we choose so. that. Definitely. So what are you thinking, bro? Uh so the the crazy part is like when you talk about um you know Romans eight and three and 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 talking about it, it was you know, talk about how the law of Moses like through man man's sinful nature was deemed unperfect. And the whole thing was to me, one of the things that stuck out was it wasn't saying that God's plan was failed or yep. fault or, or faltered. It was more so because of man's deficiency to to be, you know, because of depravity that mm. we were unable to hold up this standard, right? So when we couldn't stand up, God sent a stand-in, with, which was Jesus. So yeah. the thing was, I think even Paul, I, I think it's in Romans 7, I believe, where Paul talks about, yo, uh, the law showed me that, like, I was sinful. I'm thankful mm. for that. It showed me that I was in need of a Savior. Mm. And I think, you know, I going back, like, the scripture that part of my head was, you know, Hebrews 10 and 3, where it talks about when they had to offer sacrifices, people were, instead of being, you know, free from their angst and their guilt for what they did, they actually were reminded of their sin. Mm-hmm. And there's so many scriptures in the Bible that allude to, okay, the, the law that was, the law of Moses was good, but it, it, it doesn't compare to the law or the greater that is coming that Jesus came. Um, mm. And the Bible, like Jesus was to stand there for us. You know what I mean? The, the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice to live out the law and fulfillment because we couldn't do so. So in doing that, he became, you know, because he, he, he conquered the law and the law through him was fulfilled now we have uh, the opportunity to abide in the new law, right? Mm. Which is so much greater than the other, than the prior law. You know, I think Hebrews 9 touches on it where it says like, you know, without the uh, shedding of blood, there's no atonement for sin. But it also says like, if the blood of bulls and goats was good enough, like how much worthy, much more worthy is the blood of, you know, the lamb. And and there's other scriptures like Hebrews, like, yo, Moses' law, was okay and it fell because of our deficiency and our depravity but the law that is now here is so much greater like you not you had to understand that and i think our 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 just our sinful nature like inherently because of depravity because of what happened in the garden um you know we would never be able to uphold and 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 keep the standard but jesus sent the standard uh, our God set the standard, which was Jesus, and now we have the this opportunity to abide in the new law, which is, and that's not saying like, again, you just go out here and just wild out, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Have no standard and have no protocol, but it's more so saying like, God is so understanding and 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 knowing that you will never be able to keep this up. However. Mm. I sent someone who would pay that ransom for you and you'll give you an opportunity to walk in this new freedom. 
So, well, it's like, yo, Jesus even says, bro, like, I didn't come to abolish the law. Instead, I came to fulfill it. Fulfill it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, and that's why, like, I I have a friend. Uh, well, we both know this person, but I have a friend. He he said, he, he, he always says, like, whenever you have an issue, and it might seem very, like, um, blanket, but it's real. You know, mm-hmm. he always said, like, if you're struggling with something, he always says, you know, did Jesus die so you could struggle with that? Mm. Right. And I'm like, oh, snap. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's one of the things that, like, even though it sounds like a very blanket statement, I mean, sometimes there's just very blanket statements, like Jesus saying, yo, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Like, that works for any scenario. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that it, it just is. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think when we look at these, these things about Jesus, we had to understand. And that's why, you know, I, I saw this, this sermon by Judas Smith one time and he was talking about how he got emails and he's using a particular email. And he said, you know, I got, I get these emails all the time, but I got this one email and he's like, and, and I just got to talk about it. I'm not going to say who it's from, but I just got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And this girl, she's like, I love when you talk about Jesus and forgiveness and grace. And like, when, but when are we going to talk about all this other stuff? When are we going to stop talking about that and start talking about all the other stuff? Mm. And he's like, never. He's like, I can never be done talking about grace and Jesus and the hope that he is because it's like, there's so much to explain. It would take the rest of my life yeah. to try to cover, you know, any even try to cover this, yeah. you know? And I think we forget the intricacies of Jesus's mission here. Uh, the intricacies of what the, like the intricacies and the, uh, I would say like what the implications of grace are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like grace isn't just something that happened and now it's just there. Like grace is constantly happening because of one, uh, because of God, Yeah. you know, like grace is just constantly flowing, flowing, flowing. You know, man, like, and I say, I say this to the students I used to mentor all the time. Like, yo, I need grace every moment, not every mm-hmm. day. I need grace every moment because I'm just always like, I always falling short. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So I think when, like, I like your point when you brought up the idea of like Moses law, there was nothing wrong with it because there's a the thing. It, it was for Moses to give to the people, but it was God's law. Right. Right. And it's this idea of God knew that he was going to have to bring Jesus the moment that they sinned, the moment that Adam and Eve sinned. Yeah, because of literally our, our, our yeah. because of our depravity. Exactly. So Genesis three fifteen, and I can't remember all of it, but he if you look it up, Genesis three fifteen, I'm too lazy right now. Genesis three fifteen, literally he he in a riddle in very riddle-like terminology, says that Jesus needs to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, the way it, I look... It basically says there there will be an enmity between your son and, 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 and her son, and, um, you know, paraphrasing, and, it was, you know, basically, like, it will, the son will come and uh, tread on the serpent's head, and, you know, basically, it's, it's foreshadowing... Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, Jesus in Genesis three fifteen, where it talks is right after God delivers the whole. Okay, this is what 
is going to happen to you. Da, 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 da. But understanding yep. that that in the future, there's a contingency plan for your sin. Not because I failed, but because exactly. I knew you would. Exactly. So the word I feel that like people need to know, like, 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 hold up when you're thinking about, like, why, why constantly thinking on Jesus so important is the word redemption, mm. right? Jesus was God's redemption story for humanity. But, and here's more important, as kingdom citizens, we need to acknowledge that even our salvation is for his glory. Mm-hmm. He redeemed us because he is perfect, so therefore needs to bring a perfection to his creation. Right. So I'll never be able to re-say that like that again in my life. But but like the thing is, like when you think about this plan that was enacted in God's like like, you know, he's so much more than a mind. Like I don't even think you could say a mind, but when it was cerebral cortex. Right. <laughs> divine cortex um but like yeah like it you know when it was in when it was when it was thought out at that point on it's enacted Mm -hmm. so this this redemption story begins there yeah and it continues on through the prophecies of the old testament through the illustrations of david fighting a giant through you know i mean like like through a wedding in cana you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. like these were all the all the like god took so many moments to talk about what was going to happen on the cross way before yeah. the cross happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus preached about what's going to happen on the cross before he died several yeah. times. Yeah. Right. So for, for, so God, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Right. Like, right. you know, like we think about it, like, you know, at the time they were probably like, yeah, Jesus, cool. We got you. Like, no, he gave his son. Cause I'm going to be, I'm going to be sacrificed. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. it's this idea of like, yo man, and, and and this is so some something I really want to leave um in this conversation is like, yo, if you could do anything, I this would be a challenge because I started doing it myself. You know, go through the New Testament and read all the letters in red. Write them down and pray about them, yo. Like yeah. because there's some things, man, that Jesus will say offhanded, like just in conversation, that like when you think about them, you're like, oh snap. Yeah, because, uh, you know, speaking of which, um, Change Church right now, uh, they're in a series called Red Letters. Um, oh, it's not for real? Yeah. Shout out to Change, Pastor Lodge, and Ashley, you know, uh, what uh, Hollis doing their thing. But they're doing a sermon series right now called Red Letters. And one of the things about this quarantine time that's actually been kind of dope that I'll touch on real quick before we move to, like, the next segment or whatever is right. that – because we have this ability to go live and interact, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's times where you want to go to everybody's church, but there's only one Sunday or whatever. But because everybody's doing live and, and you know, taping their services, you can go back and rewatch other people's like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. church. So I can go to my church, but I can also watch your church, but I can watch somebody else's church. And it's like so dope that had that like video on demand type of church. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh man, I I can go watch something from here, something from here, something from here. So like they actually have a series right now going on called the Red Letters, which is dope. And shout out to them and, and City Life and Lighthouse Church and all the churches out there who are using, you know, the tools to be interactive despite, you know, not right. being in the facility. 
Uh, I think that's dope. Um, but yeah, you talk, you talked about the red letters, so that's it. Brought it came to my mind. Absolutely, so, yeah. no, like for real. And the thing is, man, I thought about this the other day. Like those letters are are red, obviously represent like Jesus because he is the blood. Like the, the blood of the covenant is is what binds us to salvation, right? Blood, the blood is a is a huge part. Of that. That's why, like, when you hear. And that's why, like, yo, I love hearing some of them, like, old church people who know how to pray, pray. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yo, they, they can just touch you, like, the blood, and you be like, oh, snap. You know what I mean? Like, right. you just, like, be, be lit up. And I'm, like, not even trying to be super churchy, but, like, yo, if you've ever had, like, someone who, like, with some big anointing, like, just lay hand on you, just say the blood. Like, that's all they have to say, bro. Right. And I'll feel it. Like, you, you spiritually feel something. And because... And I, I saw this talked about the other day by somebody, but that's because they have an understanding of what the blood is and how powerful it is. Yeah, so the respect and reverence for it, yeah. Exactly. And you were there, yo, you you like you think of like ten steps ahead of me. So <laughs> the reverence is the access to the authority. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of people under spiritualize prayer. And it irritates me so much. You know, like, yes, there is an over-spiritualization at some point because people just try to use big words and make they sound like they know what they're doing, but they really know what they're doing. But there is a a huge spiritual aspect. I mean, that's literally warfare, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you go into war in that moment. And so when you think of the blood, like, I remember one time I saw this older, like, this older pastor he was, I was at a prayer meeting and he was preaching. And I mean, you, I think you met Pastor James, my old mentor, like once before he passed away mm-hmm. when he was in the uh, wheelchair. But uh, Pastor James, like, I remember one time he said, you know, like when you, when you speak out the letters in red and you understand like the price that was paid with those words, it gives you authority to speak against a lot of things it gives you authority to heal it gives you authority to do all these things mm. because of your reverence because of i mean i'm now i'm just connecting the dots right like because of reverence because of um an understanding of what the, the price that was paid mm. so i think man like i love what judas smith said it's implications like if you start talking about stuff like this sorry it's it's implications are huge you mm. know what i mean like this idea of like yo i could spend the rest of my life just preaching about grace. Like you can call me the grace pastor, whatever. Right. Just preaching about grace. And even in that, right. So I remember me and you had a conversation years ago about grace and truth. Mm. Right. And it was at a Bible study. And like, sometimes we said like, Oh, some people with too much grace, some people too much truth. And both when really both are relevant and it's not about which you do more of but that you just use both yeah you know and so like we have these people like oh they, they're a grace pa- preacher they just only preach grace oh they're a truth preacher they only truth pre- like they don't do enough grace no you're supposed to use both use because both. grace in itself is truth right and truth in itself because jesus the way truth and life is grace yeah so yeah man um that's a whole rabbit hole. I could do a whole episode just on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole. But yeah, man, I just think in this moment, man, before I get your last thoughts, I just want to say mine. Like in this moment, man, it's 
it's super vital to just keep Jesus first. Um, and to, to think on, just think on things that are going to bring you closer to him in this season. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause it's easy for us to get distracted by all the, the stuff we got in our house or like all the things we can do. You know, a lot of people just in there playing video games. I'm like, yo, you 30, turn them off. And you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's okay to play video games. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing because look i play a game on my tablet i know you play game it's cool but the problem is is like we get borderline idle with everything you know what i mean like we make an idol out of everything bro like yo i mean look you're a creative you're yo, you're an artist music some people make music an idol you know what i'm saying like there's there like anything can become an idol and so when we make the things around us our video games um, our cell phone, social media, and we let that take precedent over God and over the things that God has called us to do. So for instance, you are a great example of someone who, when it comes to music, you don't just do music because you love music. You do it because that's what God called you to do. And there are people that like do things that have nothing to do with the things that they're called to do. Yeah. And so they spend their lives just years and years of their lives, man, just just going like yeah. but never really accomplishing anything. Right. You know what I mean? I just think, man, this is time to focus in on God and the things that God has called you to do and Jesus and and the reason why we're able to live so free. And so last thoughts for you, bro. No, I would just agree. I think this whole faith portion of the conversation was basically talk about the gospel. And you can't mm-hmm. talk about the gospel, which is the good news, without talking about Jesus. I think mm-hmm. sometimes the gospel is only talked about in like Easter resurrection, you know, period, as opposed to it just being a year round daily, um, you know, focus of Jesus coming to live the life that we couldn't die the death that we should and resurrecting. Um, I think that's something that should always just be like just be like uh represented and always be talked about and always be remembered and mm. you know shout out to Judah Smith for like even saying like yo like that is a part of the gospel like you know what I mean uh mm. the gospel was talking about how he saved us and um I think that's 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 my last thoughts my closing thoughts man like just the right. gospel the good news being represented daily um in our flesh dying daily. So yeah, I would, I would agree. Word. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about culture, bro. Um, so I said something earlier. What did I say we were going to talk about earlier? We did. We just, I just said this earlier. We were talking about for culture, which actually could have been a light topic. Um, yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're, you know, everything is connected. Just talking about really like living, a life that is represent representing your faith. You got um, it. okay. Good. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna tell her, but we're gonna make a this is a gonna be both topics of culture and life because I feel like it's gonna take the most to talk about. Clife. Loacher. Clife. so I look at I, I was kind of thinking about this. Remember when we when we were talking about what you can talk about the episode um is you know how in social media um you'll see people who post a scripture but in the next post it'll be a very provocative photo 
it'll it'll be something with like a lot of cussing in it. It'll be something where they're slandering somebody. It'll be a <laughs> I won't all right, we won't go down that rabbit hole another day. Um but there will be some something that almost speaks to the opposite of what they are showing when they post this Bible verse. Mm-hmm. Um it's like the people that like to talk about how Jesus loves you, but then like to also post pictures of the people that they're living with that ain't married. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, and this all sounds very judgy to people who are like maybe convicted by these statements, but I'm just being real with y'all. Um, mm-hmm. These are real things. And these are like, you know, um, me, me and legend have never shot away from the truth. So, um, you know, I just, man, I, other people would say like, I'm judging them, but I think you know me better than that. And I would say that this hurts my heart. Um, mm. when I, like, when I page through and I see people, I mean, some of the people are people I love, you know what I mean? People I've known. Um, and I see, you know, them doing this and this and for church or th- like, you know, preaching this, this, and this. And then part of their feed is just like something that goes polar opposite against what the message of the gospel is. Yeah. Um, and, and I look, we are all flawed. We all have. I would say we are all different spiritual places. Everybody has their, their struggles. Everybody takes a different time uh, for sanctification. You know what I mean? But I think understanding that we're all called to the same conduct. And one thing that stood out to me, and I'm going to say a whole bunch and just let you break it down. Okay. But one thing that stood out to me is I remember me and you had a conversation and I actually shared it in my small group the other day, this men's group I have. Where I said, you know, one of my friend, my best friend, Kenny says all the time, he says, you know, like a struggle stops being a struggle when you stop struggling with it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it's okay if you're struggling with something, right? Because that's something, you know, you bring to the feet of Jesus, you bring to the bottom of the cross, something you can come to uh, a men's group or, or, or like a, a counselor friend, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when that stops becoming because there's people that are doing things that are outside the realm of, of what God calls us to be and have just totally been okay. Are just totally okay with that being who they are. Yeah. And like not striving towards uh, a righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I just want to get some of your thoughts and then we'll kind of do some banter back and forth. Yeah. I mean, so I think you, you touched on a lot. Um, I think, I think the one thing to remember is that we are all flawed um, Mm -hmm. and none of us are perfect. Um, But in that being said, our imperfection doesn't give us a reason to be imperfect. Um, Mm, That's good. And I think uh, the beauty of salvation, the being saved, um, you know, Again, you hear people say that being saved from what? You're saved from yourself. You're saved from your own depravity and your own uh, ill will towards yourself and your soul. Right. Um, I think that sanctification is a daily thing, a daily process, um, you know, for all of us, how God is con- continuously um, giving us grace and mercy and showing us and saving us from ourselves. Um, I think our application to take heed 
um, to what he says is is and to because the Bible talks about not only being uh, hearers but doers of the word, and I think right. the idea of really taking the time to live this out, um, the true virtues of what you say you believe, I think that's represented in how you conduct yourself and how you choose to uh, be being mindful of your representation of what you represent. Um, right. That's not saying you're going to be perfect or spotless, but that's saying that you're really taking the time to be considerate of of what you represent and to make sure that the standard that you choose to uphold, being separate and standard and moral, I think taking that time to really just be the best representation of what you believe and the fullest of all you do, um, I think is important. And then, you know, I think you're, you're, there are people who will say that they're struggling with something and, you know, a struggle is a back and forth, uh, a tear between your heart and your mind of wanting to do something or not wanting to do something. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they'll say they're struggling, but then they'll allow their struggles to become habits, which a habit is a lifestyle choice, something that you choose to walk in. And the thing is, right, like don't allow your struggles to become your habits, right? Mm. And then struggles, you take those things That's to God. Far. But there are people who use struggle as a word because they, it, it sounds better to them in their heart of hearts instead of admitting, I want to be God right now over my life, right? So mm-hmm. I want to have the free will to do what it is I want to do as opposed to saying, understanding that God has given us his free will and the guidelines and the barriers that he's set up are only to make sure that we live the life, and live a life that is the most beneficial and yes. they're not to harm us or to hinder us from the enjoyment of life, but more so mm-hmm. that we will live life abundantly. And that's like something completely different that sometimes in our, you know, rudimentary thinking that we'll just be like, well, God, you're keeping me from living. So I'm just like, it's like, no, but it's like, yeah, at the same time, you gotta, you gotta, uphold the standard. It's not saying that you can't live life or have fun or tell a joke or post a picture where you know, whatever, but it's like the motive behind what you do um, mm-hmm. matters and, and you know, and, and what you what your conduct, what you represent matters, you know, you know what I'm saying? I think yeah. um, you know, and I'll get this like quick example real quick. I think that when you hear like rappers talk about women, right? And sometimes, and then you find out that they're married, you be like, wait, you talk, one, you talk about women like that, two, you talk about your wife like that. And you know what I mean? Like, you be like, yo, you don't, you know, you, how could you? But right. it's like, no, because it, it gives off this, this false standard or false, um, this false advertisement, you could say, because it's like, uh, you talk about you with this one and that one and this one, but you clearly married. So that doesn't really uh, put in great perspective the benefit and the enjoyment of marriage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like marriage is monogamous and you and your partner, um, 
and husband and wife, wife and husband, like sharing, you know, that relationship together alone. You know what I mean? But you talk about this one, that one, this one, that one, then you call her out her name. I'm like, that's that's not respect. So it's like having that that source of conduct. And to me, like on a side note, it's always funny where like, you know, rappers or entertainers start dating this person. This person clearly tells you what they do and what their their art form, and then it comes back. I don't, I can't believe that person cheated on me. I don't know why. It's like the signs were right there. <laughs> you just right. You just, you listen just, to one of their songs. You know right. what I mean? Like, 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 well, here's the thing: we're trained up in a in a society, bro, that don't listen to the lyrics. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they don't listen to the lyrics, and the thing is, man. I, I mean, I'm gonna talk about the church for a minute because you know me, right? But I wouldn't put this on necessarily the pastors or the church. I think it's a time where, where the church needs to start taking responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be, you know, like people blaming their church for them not growing and this, that, and the other. But like, what do you do when you leave on Sunday? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, I don't know how st- right these statistics are. I saw on Instagram. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. Instagram step. Yeah, who knows? But like, it sounded very believable. And they said it was like 64% on average, 64% of church uh, of like most churches are mm-hmm. living in sexual morality or sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's true. How do, you, how do you take that poll? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, how do you, do you I guess why, around? like, when people say, like, say statistics, I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, uh, like what did you send a drone? I don't know. Right, dude. But like, anyway. You just walk around like, hey, are you uh, being sexual and moral right now? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, click yes so, or no. And, like, and then even that, like, you have the, like, well, what did, what did they considering sexual morality? So, anyway, that's a whole rebel. But I will say, as someone who's been in the church for, you know, 10, 12 years, whatever, ministry, I mean, it has to be 12 years because I've been in ministry for almost 10, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for someone who's been in the church a little bit and you've been in church your whole life, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> we we see it firsthand, bro. You know, there's a, because what happens is, and tell me if I, you think I'm wrong, but what I think happens is, our definition of sexual morality gets gets blurred um, or it's self-defined. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to pop the bubble of every young, uh, young man that listens to this show. You know, Jesus said, even if you look at a woman thinking about sex, thinking about thinking about lust, mm-hmm. then you, then you've already committed sexual sin. Uh, and look, same goes for the women. You know what I'm saying? Um, and here's the thing. I'm going to go by that guideline first. This is, we're going to graduate here three times. Okay. <laughs> we graduate three times. So first off, our thought life. Okay. This is the easiest way. And every single one of us do it at some point in our life. It, it doesn't have to be a continuous thing. It doesn't have to be a, a, a now thing. At some point in our lives, all of us have struggled with this idea of like sexual thoughts um, and doesn't even need to be full blown. It is something that causes the, that, that stream of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, then you graduate, right? Then you have people that are having um, sexual intercourse or like touch, touching beyond what is whatever, like basically anything beyond 
something super harmless um, outside of marriage, right? Um, this is something where I feel like a lot of people get snagged. I have in my past, you know what I'm saying? Like early in my walk, you know, it, it's something that snags people because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it's something the church don't want to talk about. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to say like, you know, they don't want to say the word like, yo, frisking each other, like with clothes on is still, is still sexual sin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, or, or they talk about it. They don't talk about it in love. They talk about it in judgment. Yeah, like, or exactly, exactly. You out so here having sex? And then I would say there's not a lot of emphasis put on um, personal discipleship. And what, what I mean by that is is like uh, community discipleship. So like we can use Chalice as an example. Like we know a young man in Chalice who is who is open about his struggles. Who is, who is walking in, in God's calling for him? Who is walking towards marriage? Who is engaged as a young person? Who is being very intentional at a young age in his early twenties? Shout out to Charlie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, uh, you know, get a shout out every show. <laughs> he does. He does. And, <laughs> and then you look at someone like me or you, who, who like you know we we took the time to do our relationships that are now marriages God's way. Mm. You know, those other moments where I've allowed like, you know, early on on a walk where I allowed like certain thoughts to creep in or whatever to happen. Those didn't work out because I wasn't honoring God in them. And sometimes when we allow those relationships to go on, they become these relationships where you'll see churches where there's families but they're not married families. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a, a dad and a mom and there's kids, but there's no rings on no one's fingers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, like there's a huge precedent of people who are quote unquote, like, what do they call it? Like a, a hood divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, like where they, like there's people together that aren't married because the man still got, you know, an ex that he just learned a divorce, you know? And so these are real things that are going on in the church that I'm not even going to talk about the pulpit right now because the pulpit, whether you address it in love or not, it takes us as a body, as a community to really come alongside people and not only inform people because that can, that can come off very judgy, right? When you just be like, Oh, this is what you're supposed to do. Like, well, who are you? Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But if you do life with someone, and you're like, hey, you know, let's talk, you know, let's go get coffee, let's whatever. Yeah. And you develop a relationship with that person. That person will begin to trust what you have to say. Yeah, yeah. And then be like, you know, I see God. Like, so for instance, I could sit here on So What You Think podcast and say, you know, I have a God honoring marriage, right? Which is true. You know it to be true. My wife knows it to be true. I know it to be true, right? I'm not perfect, but we honor God in our marriage, right? Um, but if I'm in relationship with someone like you can tell people that Mm -hmm. and people would believe you, they're not going to believe me. Cause of course I'm going to say that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course I'm like, I I have the greatest wife ever, which is true. Um, and I have a (laughs) daughter in marriage, but like, I can say that. But when you, you're like, yo, 
my man Tom has he he yo him and his wife are just really intentional blah 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 blah. People are like oh, so even his friends say that. Yeah. And so this is why I know I'm gonna let you talk. I, I'm like rambling, but Neither. like uh, this is why a lot of people say like yo let let me hear what your let me see hear what your friends and your enemies have to say. Mm-hmm. And like people, if if you're listening, don't get like super. Uh, super convicted if your enemies are talk bad about you because I got a couple of those too. But, um, but I w- like like what they're saying is, you know, what would people that don't have an investment in making you sound good say about you? Yeah. And so you pick those people where they're above reproach. You know, they put God first, and you allow like you you do life with them. Yeah. You know what I mean actively seek a mentor actively seek a council of friends you can trust you know what i mean like without you without charlie without steph um walt you know what i mean like the list can go on alante trey you know without these people my council of brothers like i wouldn't have the lifestyle i have Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because all of us fall short you know what i'm saying but because i have the right people in my corner um and that i can go to in the right moments that can push me to the, what God's cause in my life. That's why I'm able to succeed the way I do. Right. Yeah. And so I just think when it comes to like these, I, I mean, like these Instagram statistics mean nothing. I just want to say it because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> somehow, like, I like my exact thoughts were yours. Like, yo, like, who, who, like, wrote on a piece of paper? It's like, who took this survey? Like, hey, are you being sexually immoral right now? Right. <laughs> yes, no, maybe. On a scale of one to ten. How on a scale of one to ten, it's a good thing. Like, you know, like... How like, often are you sexually immoral? Yeah. Often? Not so often? Too often? Like, it's just how do you... How do you, like... God, please help me is the top not answer. Um, <laughs> conduct that survey. <laughs> um, but no. Nah, I, I, so, like I said, I thought the statistics were funny. But you know how churches be sometimes they think that they throw statistics on it. it like, whatever. But, like, yeah. my point is, I've seen it firsthand, only been in it, being in church for, like, 12 years. Mm-hmm. You, I know, have seen it, and you've been in church your whole life. You know what I mean. <laughs> so, like, maybe minus one year or something. You know, um, you know, when you were a toddler. Um, <laughs> Facts, though. <no. laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, I just want to hear some of your insight now, man. Like on this topic, um, I think it's a heavy topic. People don't want to talk about often. Mm-hmm. But I think people knowing that this is a like so what you think podcast place we could just dialogue and have conversation, yeah. Um, that we could just dialogue together and, and like come at as a as come at it as a community. Yeah, I th- I think it's all about like again intentionality and motive, right? Yeah. So we talked about that in the the last segment, honestly, where you talk about the motive of, of what you do, and mm. I think like you know there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with living life because even um, the book of Ecclesiastes where, you know, a lot of people believe, scholars believe that it was written by Solomon. But he was saying like, yo, basically in, in paraphrasing, he was saying like, yo, don't live life so closed off, closed off where you miss it, but don't be so open to everything where like it's too much to take in. Like there has yeah. to be a standard. And yeah. I think what happens is, especially where, like, 
you talk about dating and, and, and love and intentionality and those things, like even like posts on social media stuff, I think it comes back to our natural um our natural identity to to love and mm-hmm. to be wanted and to be together. And I think mm-hmm. uh one of those things that is forgotten is the intentionality of marriage. I think sometimes uh the wedding is glorified but not marriage. I think mm-hmm. also too like we have this um kind of like almost like this this end of the world like perception of like oh you're getting married or oh, that's it for you but it's like no like when you truly understand what marriage is and why God values it so much mm-hmm. then you're able to see what that is. Like you know what I mean? So you see that you know, God respects the vow of marriage because God is one to be committed to his promises. So yeah. if that's a promise that you made before God, yo, vow to keep those things. That's, you know, when you see the benefit of the two joining uh, together, become one flesh, where you have a helpmate and, you know, and you're, you know, also a leader in a relationship, I think where you able to come together and have a friendship and bounce ideas off of each other where it's not just this sexual tension, you know what I mean? But it's an yeah. intentionality to come together and to build I something like to that. help glorify God and edify other people. I think, I you like know, that. intentionality is something that um, isn't always truly taught. And I think that comes with discipleship. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you talk about uh so you have you'll have church philosophies and then you'll have the world or the hood philosophies you know what i mean <laughs> so like it, 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 you know it's because you'll have the church telling like oh you gotta marry her da, da, da. but you don't have someone walking the 16 year old kid in high school in 11th grade talk about yo like how to treat a woman with respect how to be admirable he can't marry her right now because he's at mcdonald's you know what I mean? And he works part-time. So he can't, you know what I mean? Like, so how how do you help that kid? You know what I mean? Like, you need, you need somebody pouring in. That, that was the greatest, the greatest ever, bro. That was the greatest ever. Like, you, like, you need someone pouring into that kid, the 16-year-old kid who works part-time at McDonald's on fries, and he wants, you know what I mean? You need someone who, like, who's telling him, like, yo, be, <laughs> be upright, you know what I mean? Be respectful, like, like well, and bro, I again, I, I just, I don't mean to cut you off. No, but you like, This is why people like, I feel like either I don't want to put you on a pedestal or anything, but like people why you, I think people, why people like you, <laughs> oh man, I can't talk, are necessary. <laughs> um, you know, we've talked a lot about, especially urban areas. Yeah, You know, there's this idea of, like, you have these old church folks trying to preach into the lives of youth, and the kids are like, 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 for instance, I mean, I hate to say this, I know an occurrence where one of the young guys that eventually went to my youth group over in Bethel when I was there, um, he used to go to his church in Norfolk, and he was having these relationships with his other, these, these girls, whatever, uh, well, a girl, but girls anyway <laughs> not getting his business um and he had tried to have this older woman basically came at him for it. and like you know this is a woman that let's just say like in 
in what he can see in receipts, it doesn't show. And it doesn't mean that Grace hasn't washed her of that behavior. Right. Right. Because, like, basically she was a grandma and a mom of, of, of quite a few children. And a dad isn't present at the church or, or in the family. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's not a diss against this lady. Like, he told me all this in confidence, whatever. Everybody's being un- said is being remaining unnamed here. Right. But I will say this. Um, if they had someone like you who from a young age chose not to do certain things because of seeing the outcomes of them being bad. Mm-hmm. So you've lived out the example. So for instance, I I don't have that same story as you. Like for me, I I I found the Lord in my early twenties and really didn't start like moving towards him until like my mid twenties. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't start moving towards my calling until mid twenties, you know? And so uh, and that point forward, like mid early to mid twenties, I could say that I started doing my wrestling and, and, and developing in a way where I started to be above approach to what, who I am now today. Yeah. So I can mentor to an extent, but it's easier for me to talk to maybe someone more like a young adult or an adult. Whereas I love that we have people like you in, in, in different, in different realms talking to young people because mm-hmm. you have the receipts to be like, then be like, Oh man, like blah, 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 blah. You don't know what it's like. And you could be like, yo, here's my receipts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think having that is vital right now. I mean, we know Daryl shout out to pastor Daryl, you, know I mean? you know, who like, you know, has a huge family married, you know, yeah. living, living a, a God honoring life. And when we have people like you two kind of ministering to the youth of city life, um, which like, like Bethel was, has kids from all over the city, you know, decent areas, but also really bad areas, you know, coming all to this one, this one church and you guys can really impart, but impart with receipts and relevancy. And those are a few things I think are are needed in the church right now is we need people with receipts. And we need people with relevancy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you sure. need your receipts because if people go, okay, cool. How can you tell me? I can go, yo, like, so someone wanted to be like, yo, well, how can you tell me I need to get married? I could be like, yo, my wife, we were met and married in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I could say, look, you, you want to talk to her? I'll give you her phone number. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you want to talk to the people around me? I'll give you your phone number. You want to talk to pastors? Here's some phone numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can show receipts. And for you as a teenager, you lived above reproach from a young age. Mm. So you could be like, yo, here's my receipts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the fact that you stayed relevant because of just being irrelevant, like, you're relevant not just because you understand the culture, but you're relevant because you stay real to who you are. Mm. And I think those yeah, aspects yeah. are things we need in the community and not just the urban community, the suburban um, and rural communities as well. Yeah. You know, but like in those different realms, we need people that are relevant to those areas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, you know, even like you just talk about like in general, like the way our society teaches masculinity or teaches mm. like the things that make you a man. You know what I mean? Mm. 
oh, yeah. you gotta you gotta have a body count of this girl, that girl, da 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 da. da. You know I mean, gotta make that money. You know, somebody say something to you, like don't think about it, just hit them. Like those things are like not like. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at the concepts, man. Yeah, like yeah, it's I mean, like, like it's so really how it is. But like when you like when you get like I mean I hate to I'm not trying to insult anyone listening, but like if that's your mindset, man, it's just so comical. Like when right. you've gone beyond that, you know. Right. But it's like when you when you think about it in like biblical context with like discipleship, you be like, yo, these things are like inherently arrogant and ignorant. <laughs> And stupid, and stupid. Yeah, you know I mean, but you twice, you know, stupid. Right? Like you, you need people to pour into people to tell them these things. Yeah, you know I mean, and what happens is there's a there's a lost like generation or lost. You know, there's people who have who are walking, but there's no path um, for them for enlightenment. So you have like like again going down to motives. So that young man is trying to prove himself. Oh yeah, this is what I call masculinity. Those those are his motives. That's his intent. Oh yeah, get to that. As opposed to someone telling him like, "Yo, that don't make you a man." Like that don't. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. make you a man. Or like the you know the girl who posted the uh the photo on Instagram or video. It's like, yo man, you don't gotta do that to be seen as you know the the catcher of somebody's eye. Like yeah, you know I mean, but what society tells us especially outside of biblical context, these are things that you need to do to be the apple of someone's eye. And as opposed to like giving them true, not only mm. doctrine, but true discipleship, discipleship and with intention. And I think that's what's like missing in the culture and the generation today. And that's why you have so many people who are like, I go to church and I'm cool with knowing about God. But having a relationship with God, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like you said earlier, difference between belief and faith. Yeah, you know, they, they don't they I, don't they don't know how to walk it out because no one has ever yeah. showed them. So someone has showed them, or somebody has told them, oh, this is something you need to do. You need to have a relationship with God, but no one has ever showed them how how to do that. Well, and it's interesting because I believe part of it is. And I said this to my wife, yo, like just literally the other day, um, people don't know how to do apologetics in the church. Yeah. And and what people hear apologetics, and they think Robbie Zacharias, you know, think they, I do Murray, like they think of these big apologists, you know, they like the truth, you know what I mean? Like they get these big apologists, but that's not, apologetics is simply, you know, out of, uh, I think it's first Peter 315, you give a reason for your hope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's it's basically saying, yo, like be able to defend your faith. And especially to the young generation, because they want the answers. I don't care who you are listening right now. Young people want the answers. Yeah. They just want your answers to look legit. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Like there's this there's this thing called moral relativism. Okay. So basically, and I, I know you know about this, but I'm breaking it down for the people. Moral relativism means basically what you consider relevant in culture or what is relevant to that person is what is moral. Mm-hmm. So basically people choose what is moral mm-hmm. dependent on that person, that individual person or that individual culture. I'm going to give you 
three examples on why this is stupid. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just going to be straight up as possible. Okay. You take, let's say a 16 year old boy from North Philadelphia. Young Kareem. You take, you take a 20 year old Caucasian girl from, uh, you know, the Hills. You know what I mean? Jesse. <laughs> and you take, um, let's say, I don't know, a uh, 15-year-old, um, let's say a 15-year-old boy from India. Okay? Hadish. <laughs> I can't with you. So <laughs> if you take these three people and you ask them why it is hard for them to accept Christianity, you are going to get three extremely different reasons. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, and you are going to have to come at these three extremely different ways. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to use three different types of apologetics. You're going to have to use three different types of sources. You're going to have to go and come in at three different ways because each of these people have different questions and different reasons that they doubt the existence of God and doubt even if they believe that he exists, why they should follow him. Yeah. I, you know, not to cut you off, but I no, think that shows the importance and the beauty of relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And then it also shows like, you know, you have people who don't know why they believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they just, they, they've been taught it, but they don't believe it. They've just been taught it. And yeah. I think once you have a relationship with God, because even the book of Jude, like, which is one chapter, by the way, uh, <laughs> like one chapter. It's the greatest. I think it's verses 24, 25, where it says like some people you can talk to uh, harshly and some people you can talk to um, sweet or calm. And some people have need different approaches. You mm. have to be, available to give people different approaches to what they need to hear or how they need to see it. You know what I mean? And it's, and I think you can't call yourself a coach while you've never played the game. I think that's, that, right. and that's, that's something that where like you had a, you know, the Bible says study to show that self approve, you know, my people are destroyed by the lack of knowledge was well, like not only knowledge of the scriptures, but just knowing him, you got to know God. Yeah, I mean, to be able to tell people why it is that you believe what you believe and truly believe it yourself. So Mm. I think, you know, one of the things I think, you know, is also um, important is is Christians who are who do have that knowledge and understanding and relationship with God to inform themselves, but two different ways. You need to inform yourself of the scriptures mm-hmm. um, and the reason why those scriptures are important. What maybe, and also maybe other, like, yo, I hate to say this, but read some freaking books, yo. I mean, <laughs> you said it so angry. <laughs> I have people that are like, man, you know, I just wish I liked to read. I'm like, yo, there's literally audible, you know what I mean? You got like, you got books that are turned into, like, movies now and stuff. Like, it's crazy. Yo, read some freaking books. (laughs) (laughs) And I know I should, like, get that close to cursing, but here's why it frustrates me to no end, okay, is, you know, 
I, I remember one time I was talking to you and Charlie and someone else at Bible study. I don't know who else was there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But whoever else was there was the one to ask me. Um, but I remember saying, like, yo, you know, uh, Ravi Zacharias in his book, uh, The Grand Weaver says, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, wow, I don't know how you read it. I'm like, I just, uh, I'm blind, okay? If I, can read a, if I can read a book, so can you. You know what I mean? Like, I listen to Audible. You know what I mean? Like, you can, <laughs> you can read a book. And here's why I say this, right? Because when you have multiple perspectives on the very, the very scriptures that you strive to live for, I don't, I, I am not nearly as smart as Robbie Zacharias. I'm just going to be real. I, like, I'm a, I, I can get some A's and B's once in a while, but I like, you know, I'm, I'm a rock rock around like, you know, the low B, C area. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But my knowledge, my passion and my knowledge for the scriptures is because of my passion. I'm not a scholar much in the realm of Ravi. I am more of an artistic scholar, if that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah. So Ravi has this understanding of culture that's different. Like when we think culture, we think like, oh yeah, like what's relevant right now is future. Like, but there's a broader world culture. And that's why I'm not going to get too much into this because I know we're on short on time and I could really go in on this. But what a, a belief system in, in if you're going to go into like world, world cultures, it's called a worldview. So we have the Christian worldview. The Christian worldview covers everything we think, believe, know to be true, all those things. Yeah. Um, it, it hits. it now, here's the thing, and I'm about to crush a whole bunch of people and get a whole bunch of people mad, and that's okay. Okay? If your Christian worldview doesn't spread into everything, including how you view culture, uh, sexuality, politics, everything, then you're not living in a full Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I say that, like I say all the time, people are like, Oh, what do you, what do you believe? What political party are you Tom? I'm like, well, I'm a registered Democrat, but I don't believe any of them because yeah. Like, I mean, I know it sounds so churchy, but it's true. It's right. True. Because there's this idea of like, no matter what I register as I might feel led by God to, to, to vote another way. Right. Um, and people be like, well, the Republicans believe in this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, but they also believe in this. You right. know what I mean? So, like, there's this idea of, like, you know, you can rationalize it by, you know, I've heard a, a pastor once try to tell me, you just got to take the best, the best, <laughs> the best of the the most of what has has the most in common with you mm -hmm. and then and take the worst with it. I'm like, I don't have to take anything with it. I'm just going <laughs> to vote for what I feel like to vote for, and that's it. Like, I don't need to co-sign anybody's political group. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And I should, so anyway, world, so I'm getting sidetracked. Worldview. <laughs> worldview encapsulates everything that is the way somebody sees the entire world. Right. Okay. Ravi Zacharias is like Christian worldview 101. Mm -hmm. Like the dude just, everything he believes has to do with the scriptures, the word of God, and being a kingdom citizen. Miles Monroe was very much the same. Um, so when you look at these the, these theists, which are basically uh, Christian scholars, when you look at these theists who are able to 
take these things and interpret them in each what part of their life. Here's the one thing we need though, and this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to you, bro. There is, and this is why I brought up you and Daryl earlier. There is another realm, especially in urban areas, and I would say no, nah, I'm not gonna say urban areas. I'm gonna say in the United States in particular. Because, it, you know, like I said, you are three examples. The suburban girl would be just as complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So, because it's not easy for a rich man to go to heaven. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like, there's, there's, everybody got their issues and everybody has their thing that holds them back from seeing things God's way. And so when you can have people that only not only have at least a slight understanding of a, a, a Christian worldview in a scholarly sense, so I'm not telling you to read as many books as I do because <laughs> my brain hurts half the time, but I'm telling you to like read a book. Like if you read one book this year, y'all you know I mean, and you haven't read a book in five years, you're making it. You know what I'm saying? And this is why I said like, yo, just, just because here's the thing. I, for instance, I just sent you that Carl Lentz book mm-hmm. on the moment, right? On Audible. Yeah. It's something you can listen to while you're doing other stuff and be informed while you're doing your own stuff. Carl Lentz is no by, by no means Robbie Zacharias. You don't have to listen to each chapter three times to understand what's going on. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's a different perspective, right? Because yeah. he grew up different than you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's going to give you a different perspective, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm going to wrap up my little rant and then get your last thoughts, bro. But I just want people to look. I know I kind of end on a weird note, but just, you know, look, open yourself up to understanding that the way that you inform yourself is the way you're able to inform others. Yeah. And understanding that re- that cultural relevancy has nothing to do with the, like, cultural relevancy ha- to be in, I'm, I'm going to reword this, to be informed in cultural rele- relevancy of your specific area or, or where you work is important because if I'm going to go and do urban missions, I can't be uh, trying to hit them with suburban concepts. You know what I mean? Um, If I'm trying to go to the Hills, you know, and I'm up in Beverly Beverly Hills, man, like I can't be bringing up um, North Philly slang and trying to have them understand everything. I mean, yeah, or whatever. (laughs) So like there's different, you have to understand that the, the cultural relevancy of where you are. Yeah. And if, especially if you're a church, like, okay, cool. If I'm a pastor, understand that, like, okay, yes, I grew up in the suburbs and our church is in between the suburbs and the city. But I know, I know legend has, has grown up in churches in North Philly. And I can, I can, if there's a a boy who really needs to, to be, to be discipled, I can send him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my reign is dumb, bro. Uh, what are you? What are some of your last thoughts? The the greatest quote from that whole thing was, <laughs> "Read a book." If I'm blind <laughs> and I can read a book, that, that's the greatest quote from that. From, <laughs> if I'm blind, not gonna read a book. You can read a book. Yeah, uh, but no, man, I will. I will wholeheartedly agree. I think understanding, um, culture, how to address culture, um, you had to be a participant in culture. Um, mm. And paraphrasing Paul, Paul said, I, I, I became all things to win all people. Um, so in Paul saying that, he was saying like, yo, man, like, I liken myself to those people to understand them, to help win 
win them over for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think what what tends to happen, I think sometimes the the church can be selfish with the gospel. Um mm-hmm. Or you have someone like you know the good news of Jesus, and we'll just be like, oh, when they come over here, then they can get it. But it's like, nah, like that's not <laughs> that's not how the gospel should be. Like, I mean, that's we should be the light to the darkness, <laughs> and you know, what I mean, we should just like, all right, once you come over here, then we'll tell you the truth. But sit through a twenty-minute service, and then you get the free food. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you you you're clever in the ways the Bible says. Um, be as wise as a serpent and as soft as a dove, but the whole thing is like at the end of the day, like there has to be some sense of logic and practicality. Mm-hmm. I think there also has to be a stance where there's a relevancy and the ability to um, identify areas where you can spark a conversation. Um, I think sometimes, a lot of times, you know, sometimes it's just listening, you know, yeah. don't talk to somebody to just give them something back, but interpret what they say so you can see Hear how they process. Right. right. And then and then um give them something. And I think from the Christian, you know, going back to intent, you know, you know, we mentioned a couple of people, shout out to Pastor Darrell, shout out to Charlie who's like intention on being a young dude getting married. Um, you know, and and you know, even like shout out to like like you, like somebody like you who's like very intentional in, in marrying Alicia. And just having like that true intent, like yo, a young guy, or even even like for a female perspective, like a young girl, like asking, like yo, what can I do, like in mm. this meantime, in this meanwhile, um, to help me grow in God, so I could be the best husband eventually, so I could be the best wife eventually, like you know, to help really lead and anchor themselves in the hope and the freedom and the love that is Jesus, and I think, um, I think we need people who are consistent and true and, and just really just being faithful and living it out. I know yeah. the Bible says that he's faithful when we aren't faithful. Um, and I also, I also, I always say like, yo, imperfect people don't stop me from being, from loving a perfect God. But you have people mm. who, who don't necessarily think like that. They'll say, yo, you're doing this, you're doing this. Why should I do? Why should I follow you? You look no different than me. You're like, it's no different from mine, but I think when your heart is truly invested into uh relationship with God and and, and loving God and, and being for him, um in all aspects, when you talk about the Christian worldview, um, the biblical worldview and what's the paradigm of which you see the world, I think you know, that should be in all things. The Bible says in first Corinthians ten thirty one, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So I'm living my life in its entirety for the glory of God. That's in my my mm-hmm. art. That's in my job. That's in my marriage. That's in my friendships. I'm doing all those things to be a light for the glory of God. And hopefully the people are attracted to the light and they ask, what, what can I do to have this light that you have? Or, you know, when they start to pour in and you need people who are intentional about living it out and being intentional yeah. and enjoying it. You know what I mean? Not making it like this daunting task where it's like, oh, well, I'm going to serve the Lord today. It's Sunday. No, like, you know what I mean? Like, who had the, who had the joy of the Lord? You know what I mean? Like, or, yeah, like true true love to God is keeping his commandments. And the second yeah. part is, and his commandments aren't burdensome. You right. know what I mean? Like this right. idea of like, 
yo, don't like, don't act like you lifting weights because you did something, you know, you you just following Jesus. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going know. to service today. I guess. Praise the Lord, everybody. Like, no, like <laughs> I love that you bring that up, bro. And I hate to to cut in. But uh oh, you got? my my wife and me were at a marriage group one time and I remember they kept on using the word hard, like oh, marriage is hard, marriage is hard. And my wife goes like, but does marriage have to be hard? No. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I think, you know, I said something and then basically we kind of like summed it up like this, like what my wife is trying to convey. And I think other people weren't getting because like, you know, we're young and marriage people like, oh, you guys don't get it. You mean blah, blah, blah. Right. And what she was trying to say is not that it's not work, but like, yo, when I say I work hard on like doing like ministry work. Right. I'm proud of that. It's not, a, it's not a, a, I don't say like that saying like, Oh man, I worked hard. Right, like right, right, right. I want to work hard, you know, whereas like working hard is a willing thing, but it doesn't mean it has to be difficult. And right. that's, I think there's a difference between something being like, like working hard, like having an actual hard work ethic yeah. and something being actually difficult, you know, like being, being something like that's, that's, it's impossible to conquer per se. Right, right, right. You know, I would agree. I was I just saying, agree. like, even when it comes to faith, we can't like we can't treat it like it's this this trivial thing that we can't figure out. You know, for sure. For sure. I would, I would, yeah, I would definitely say, yo, like, just the intention and the motive to be motivated to keep going is, is what matters. Um, Bar. The Bible talks about like, yo, not growing weary and well-doing. And it's just like, yo, man, at the end of the day, if I believe in what God says, and I know this is for my well-being so I can mm. be well, then I'm, I'm going to keep striving at it. And I think having that simple application, you know, it's not necessarily easy, but it's simple. And um, yeah. I think just being intent and in, in what your motives are and why you do certain things. And remembering that you you hold the standard and to keep the standard, I think is meaningful. Again, yeah. like you know, and then in reaching people, um, you know, just be mindful like how to be um, be a light amongst other people and and being receptive and to help understand people so you can reach them. I think that's something that we can do. Um, and like you know, we have platforms like like Zoom or you know Instagram, IG, where like how we use them, our intent in using them is what matters. Um, these things yeah. are not inherently evil, but what you do with these things can be. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I like that. So it's like, you know, I, like Instagram is not evil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Facebook is not evil. How you use it can be, you know. So I think like it all it all comes back to the intent and motive of why you do something. And I think um you know, that's as long as you're led by the Lord and led by the spirit and doing so, like, and you live your life for the glory of God, like it's a win. It's a W. So, yeah. That's a great way to wrap the segment. Yo, uh, guys, it's been awesome uh, to be back um, in yeah. some capacity, at least, you know, some capacity. <laughs> but, yeah, we go do the best we can do to get this content out here, have these conversations still. <laughs> um. If you haven't checked out the new album, you know, I got an album out now on all streaming platforms. Echoes. Tom Heil. Yeah. Echoes. Uh, it says T-O-M-H-E-I-L. Echoes is the name of the album. Yeah. Three track. Well, it's a three track EP. Um, three track EP. 
with different perspectives on each song that all come together as this layered piece of cake for a whole sample size of a cake. cake. You know what I mean? <laughs> I gotta get an Echo's cake for my birthday now. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but check it out. Uh, also, if you uh, have any questions, you want to reach out, uh, follow me for any, any anything that's going on. You can check me out at, at I'm Tom Heil. That's mm. at I-M-T-O-M-H-E-I-L on Instagram. Legend, why don't you tell them where you can find you, bro? Yeah, man. You can find me on IG at T-S-W Legend, T-S-W-L-E-G-E-N-D. Uh, you can find the whole team at T-S-W Camp. Uh, shout out to the new t- uh, new releases from the team. Town dropped Echoes. Uh, Charlie got something on the way, but Charlie has two projects. Nomad, uh, worth it. Uh, shout out to the newest signee on the team, Alexis. Grace has dropped potions. Um, you know, say so. Working on some stuff. I might have something coming. Uh, I dropped the album in January. Check out Invictus by Legend. <laughs> yeah, Invictus by Legend. Um, also, shout out to Red River. Can't forget them. Uh, Takia Faith and Leah Ren. Uh, some stuff coming from that side, too. So, man, um, yeah. but you can, you can find me at TSW Legend on Instagram. Uh, at TSW Camp, you can find the whole team. You can find us at So What You Think Podcast on IG, um, and you can find Red River at Red River Entertainment on IG. Uh, I post everything below in the description. So Awesome. And one last shout-out, one last shout-out. We also have a YouTube now yeah. for the team uh, that you only not only find this video on, yeah. but other videos, uh, music videos, behind-the-scenes stuff. So please subscribe share right. like all the videos get us in the algorithm y'all yep. um and we love y'all we Those. love y'all god bless all right bro it was fun right, yes sir <laughs>